ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. program and um, hey I just decided to do it impromptu I don't even have anything to talk about tonight <laughs> but I said hey we're going to do a show tonight let's try it at uh, 6 p.m. Uh, hopefully my Skype connection will be better at this hour than at the 8 p.m. hour so you know there's a short delay between uh, me speaking right now and you hearing me in the chat room so I need some of you in the chat room right now to tell me if I'm coming through clear or if I'm coming through choppy you never know I'm down here south of the border, and I'm on a uh, shared Internet connection. And so uh, no telling how many people use this connection, but I have been pleasantly surprised. We've been getting pretty good, pretty good um, sound quality during the day. But then, you know, sometimes weekend evenings, I guess everybody's home. They're on YouTube, you know. They're surfing around their board. And, um, hey, you know, they're maxing out the connection. So praise God. Well, you know, uh, Sunday nights has kind of been open for a while. Either I have been on the road, haven't done one, or just haven't decided what we wanted to do. And uh, many of you have asked about Dr. Pat Holliday. Uh, I spoke to her about a week ago. She's doing good. She's working on a couple books. 
And uh, in fact, she sent me a um, uh, early copy of The Walking Dead, and uh, I think she's going to have that uh, up on Amazon very soon. But uh, I did tell her even today. I emailed her and I said uh, said hello to her, and uh, the invitation is open. If she has time in her schedule to come back on, I probably would have her back on a Sunday night slot. Uh, she's a great woman of God. I love and appreciate Dr. Pat. She's a good woman. She's been out there on the front lines fighting the enemy in Jacksonville, Florida, for you know three decades. And uh, she's got more balls than most men. Excuse my French. <laughs> we don't cut any slack on Omega Man Radio. Um, she's a good woman of God. And uh, I was just commenting the other day that a uh, few men I've run into will get on the phone with you and will go after these demonic spirits. But uh, she was the first one to to come on board with me and uh, do that, and I praise God for her. And uh, she's fearless. What can I say? Don't mess with Dr. Pat. She's got an anointing on her. And if you're in the Jacksonville area, I would encourage you to go over to the Miracle Internet Church. Uh, you can worship with them. Um get some deliverance, healing, and just have some great fellowship. It's been a while since I've been in Jacksonville, but uh, last uh, last year when I went through there, uh, we went out a number of times after service to Denise, as we call it. That's a fancy word for Denny's. One of the only places in Jacksonville you can find it's open 24-7. You know, in Atlanta, it would be um, Waffle House. But, man, I'll tell you, after you've eaten Waffle House every day for like a month, you get sick of the, <laughs> you get sick of the uh, smothered and covered hash browns and, uh, you know, the patty melt sandwiches. But they do have good breakfast. You know, they got good good breakfast and it's cheap. You can go down there and eat for five bucks. You can get scrambled eggs, uh, you know, grits, grits, uh, wheat toast, and some coffee. You know, I kind of like the, you know, just getting out sometimes and, um, you know, hey, a change of pace can do a world of good, can it? Have you ever been inspired just by going out, you know, walking around maybe a mall or you go to a restaurant and sit down and, you know, certain music just triggers some creativity in you? Maybe a trip somewhere, you know? I love to travel when I have the opportunity. Uh, you never know uh, what you may experience and you can meet some new friends and, you know, be exposed to uh, just an environmental change. When you look at the same four walls, Day after day, it's like being in a prison cell. And, you know, I tend to kind of lead that sedentary lifestyle. Um, but, you know, hey, it, it is what you make of it. And, um, you know, it's good to get out and, and interact with people. I really had a great time up at Hegwish. Went up to uh, Hegwish Church about two weeks ago. They had the uh, they had the men's fellowship conference, as they call it. Had a great time in the Lord. And on the way up there, I heard that uh, Bob Larson was going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, and so that was on my, my map route. And I decided to uh, head out a day early so I could go through and, and meet the man and uh, see see what it was all about. You know, it's one thing to hear things, but uh, if you've never talked to the person directly or seen it for yourself, how can you really be a true judge? Just like movie ratings, right? Movie ratings. Someone will say, you know, that movie sucks. And then if you actually go to see it, you come out and you say, wow, that was a life-changing movie for me. I kind of learned a long time ago, don't uh, rely on other people to give me movie reviews. You know, everybody sees something different. Isn't that true about relationships, too? If, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. 
if everybody saw the same thing, it would be a pretty boring world, wouldn't it? You know, have you ever seen these uh, good-looking women, and they're with like the most ugly guy you've ever seen? And you say, "What? The, what's up with that? I don't understand that. How did that guy get that girl? You know, she must have saw something in him. Maybe it was his, um, you know, just his personality and his charisma. What is important at the end of the day? What do you value the most? Is it physical looks, or is it what's on the inside of the person? You could be, you know, with a drop-dead gorgeous woman or very handsome man, if you're a lady, they could be, you know, a, a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10. But if they're empty inside, you know, there's nothing inside of them, then uh, what do you got at the end of the day? I've been in relationships like that. So, you know, I believe that it's what's, in, what's inside is most important. And, of course, you definitely want to be equally yoked if we're talking about a relationship here. You know, if you are not equally yoked, you're just begging for trouble. How many of us have been in relationships like that? You got with the person for the wrong reasons. Maybe you fell into lust. <laughs> and then you woke up and you said, what the heck, what have I done? Maybe you got married and then you said, oh my goodness, it's too late. So, you know, you try to make it work and it just doesn't work. Well, it probably wasn't meant to be to begin with, but... Uh, my advice to anybody having been through some failed relationships is seek the Lord. Let him send you a mate. Don't try to find him for yourself because, uh, you know, you may not choose right. How did we get from movies to uh, relationships? I have no idea. I told you I had no particular agenda tonight. Sometimes I just feel the spirit moving, and other days I just have nothing to talk about. But we are going to open up those lines tonight. And uh, if you would like uh, prayer... Call in, 917-889-2745. Maybe you don't need prayer. Maybe you just want to chat. Maybe you've got some questions. Maybe you've got some comments. Tell me what you think about the program so far. You know, uh, we've done 220 shows. I praise God for um, the fact that we've come this far. You know, this is something I wanted to do for many years. I just could not figure it out for the life of me how to put it all together. And then one day, it just came. Maybe it wasn't the right season. You know, there is a time and a season for everything. But uh, if God gives you a word, you can take it to the bank. You know, the vision is yet for an appointed time. Though it tarry, wait for it, for it shall surely come to pass. That was a word the Lord gave me a long time ago. How many of you have received words from the Lord and you're still waiting for them to come to pass? Well, you know, everything in its right time and season. Some things we couldn't handle if God gave us right now. Some things God is going to have to prepare us for so that when the time comes and he's ready to give it to us, we're ready to, to take it. Take it on, you know. So, you know, everything in its right time. We just have to pray every day. You know, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Order my footsteps. Open the right doors. Shut the wrong doors. You know, God does know our the perfect plan for our lives. Think about it. If he's omnipotent, you know, meaning all-powerful, if he's omniscient, means he, he's all-knowing. And if he's omnipresent, which means he can be in every place at the same time, are we not fools to doubt that God knows best for our lives? He can't, he can't make a mistake. He's perfect. 
talking to the Father, I'm talking to His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, which is sent as our comforter. They know from the beginning from the end. You know, God uh, sits outside of space and time, okay? Sits outside of space and time. He looked in to the future, and he allowed the prophets to write down in the Word of God what's coming, and he gave us a glimpse of certain things. You know, everything in its appointed time. So when you realize that, it really makes a, makes a difference when you're trying to decide, can I trust God or not? Does God have the best of intentions for me? It's lunacy to, to, doubt, to doubt that answer, that yes, he does. But, you know, in our flesh, we just don't want to trust him sometimes. I've been in that situation before. Everything was going great, and uh, and then an attack of the enemy came. And, you know, it looked like it was going to go, go in my favor. And then God said, uh, okay, I've gotten you this far. You've seen my power. And then he threw me a curveball to test me. And, you know, when you get into those times of testing, that's where you make it or break it. <laughs> if you fail the test... You know, he's merciful, but what will happen is you'll get sent around the block again to repeat it. How I many of you have screwed up in some of God's testing? I know I have. And, you know, there is dire consequences for it. And you can waste a lot of time and energy and resources, and you say, wow, boy, did I miss God there. But, uh, you know, if you can learn from your mistakes and realize, you know, it wasn't God that screwed up, it was me, and if I had just trusted him, that uh, he knew best for me and that he would help me get through this situation, then I would have been a lot better off. So, just some of my thoughts that I've been pondering here recently, you know, does does God really know what he's doing? And, uh, you know, it's Satan which can lie to you and say he doesn't, but, you know, surely God does know, the ending, beginning from the end, he knows where we're headed, he knows how many hairs that you have on your head. Where it says, every hair on your head is numbered. It's pretty amazing. That's a lot of stuff he has to keep track of. But, you know, God is, uh, he's the master of bandwidth. <laughs> you know, he can hear your problem and focus on you 24-7. While at the same time, everybody else, he can do the same thing for us. So praise God. You know, Satan's not like that. He can only be in one place at one time. That's interesting. And I heard a, uh, a lady some time ago on this old tape. She says, you know, if you ever need help, just you can ask God to send Michael and his angels down. I've tried it a couple times. It didn't work. <laughs> and then I said, wait a minute. There's something missing in what she said. You know, Michael is not omnipresent. He's, he's a singular being. He's one of God's archangels. There's no way he could be every place at one time. I'm sure there's some bigger battles for him to fight for God than uh, than for me to to think that I could just say, "Hey, God, send me Michael down. This demon is too tough to kick out." <laughs> not to say God wouldn't do it, but you know, if it doesn't happen, you have to realize, you know, Michael is not an omnipresent uh, being. Okay, but God is, and praise God for that. And so. You know, nothing is a surprise to God. 
He knows what lies ahead for us here in America. He knows if this country is going to collapse anytime soon or if it's going to make it through the crises that we're in right now. He knew that Egypt was about to erupt. He knows the beginning from the end. And uh, he, he has a greater plan in store, and that is he wants to restore a relationship between himself and mankind that was uh, severed in the Garden of Eden. You know, Adam and Eve used to walk with God in the cool of the evening. That would have been pretty wild, huh? Pretty pretty wild time to be in. And then, uh, you know what, you know the rest of the story. Satan beguiled mankind. The fall, they got driven out of the garden. God put a uh, an angel at the entrance to the Garden of Eden with a flaming sword that would spin around to block the entrance of mankind back in. And, you know, we've been um, fighting to make it back ever since. Thank God that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, and there's a way to bridge the communication gap, the to restore, restore our, our spirits and our souls. But, um, yeah, what a time that would have been to, to have lived. Well, we're going to be taking some calls tonight. And in between, I guess I'll be pontificating if nobody calls in. <laughs> Again, I decided to do this program a little bit early tonight, uh, have a little bit of fun, I'll take some calls here. That was an interesting uh, show last night. You know, that guy called in at the, uh, the end. I really don't know. I'm still scratching my head. I should, we should have had some more fun with that. You know, I, I've, got to, uh, I've got to put my money where my mouth is, as, uh, like the old saying goes. You know, if you're going to talk the talk, walk the walk, you've got to learn not to be so easily offended by uh, people that could be witches or warlocks calling in. That could have been a demonized, it could have been a demon. I'll, I'll t- it reminds me of a, a story, one t- uh, an actual occurrence one time. Last year, I was on the phone with a buddy of mine, Jeff Beavers, and uh, we were we were taking calls like every day uh, on our cell phones and you know calling people for, for prayer. And we get this call out of the blue, and this guy called, and it was a strange call. First of all, he said he knew Win Worley, and he said uh, he had seen you know a video of his funeral, and he was being carried in a casket, and I'm thinking, oh, what's this all about? So it just kind of piqued my curiosity. You know, I figured he probably knew Brother Worley, and and then all of a sudden, you know, he'd be talking, then he would, he would, uh, he'd stop, and he would say something with some real emphasis, and he, he just kept doing this, and he would go back to talking, and then he would, he would say a word with some emphasis, and I said, something's not right here. All of a sudden, I started to feel some heart palpitations, <laughs> And uh, Jeff Beavers at the same time. And we uh, we realized what was happening is likely there was a demon on the line talking to us, or at least a demonized man, of course. And they were doing some witchcraft. They were trying to send some spirits to attack us, give us heart attacks over the phone. I kid you not. I had heart palpitations, and we, uh, we decided to uh, force him into uh, agreeing for prayer. And he got all nervous, and uh, or this demon got nervous, and anyway, the, we were going to call him back, but I needed to take a break. And uh, I ended the call, and I told the guy I would call back in like 10 minutes, and I called Jeff. And I said, hey, Jeff, I'm under attack, man. You're going to have to pray for me. And he said he was feeling the same thing. So, yeah, we were under attack. You never know what you're going to run into over the phone. Of course, we don't screen these calls. 
And so um, you never know what someone's going to call in and say. You know, we were doing this um, winter solstice program, and I had a witch call in. That was interesting. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to have a thick uh, thick skin. You've got to realize that um, if it's a demonized person, you know, they need Jesus Christ. They're a soul. Number two, not everybody is going to agree with everyone else on everything. What a boring world that would be if we did. That's why there's so many denominations. I heard there's 2,000 denominations in the USA alone. How can that be? Are they all going to heaven? I would say many of them probably are not, with some of the things they believe. But um, that's just the state of, you know, of life that we're living in. No one is going to agree on everything. But as long as we're not uh, really um, arguing over salvation issues, okay, then uh, I think we can agree to uh, disagree on some things. And, uh, you know, we see through a glass darkly, as the word says, but says soon we shall see face to face. That brings up the issue of, remember the Apostle Paul, even Peter wrote, some of Paul's sayings are hard, meaning they're hard to understand. That was one apostle talking about another. You know, Paul had a different revelation than the other apostles. Yes, they had walked with Jesus Christ. But, uh, you know, Jesus had went and recruited them. Just had a normal walks of life. Most of them were fishermen. They probably didn't have much of an education. You know, one of them was a publican, right? You know, tax collectors. But uh, these were simple men, okay? And uh, God took them, used them, and... Um, some of their writing is still intact, and we've got it in the New Testament today. But nobody was as prolific writer as Paul. No doubt about that. And it's interesting. If you go back and study the life of the Apostle Paul, you know, he trained under Gamaliel. Gamaliel, even today in Israel, uh, is one of the most respected teachers of the law of all times. When I say law, I'm talking about the first five books of the, New, the Old Testament. In Hebrew, they would call it the Torah, Matthew, uh, excuse me, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The rest would be the, you know, the the prophets, the minor and the the major prophets, and the history. But the first five books of Moses, the Torah, the law. Um, if you studied under Gamaliel, you would be able to recite it word for word. You'd be like a walking Bible. I saw a guy one time like that who could. Um, could recite much of the uh, the letters from Paul. Pretty amazing stuff. They say even Jack Van Ippy was a walking Bible. Again, if you're going to memorize anything, man, how much better can you get than memorize the Word of God? But uh, Paul was an interesting guy. He was very zealous. He was a uh, a Pharisee, if I recall my history right. And you know he he knew the Word of God, and then he went out and he started persecuting people. You know, he got the letters from the, the high priest, would go from city to city, arrest men, women, children, throw them in jail. Probably many of them died. And, uh, you know, then he had his uh, fateful uh, encounter on the road to Damascus, met Jesus Christ, was blinded. They had to carry him into, uh, into the town over there on Straight Street, 
the brother had the, the vision, the dream, I guess it was, that he was supposed to pray for this brother, and he'd receive his sight again, and he did. He was healed, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit right then and there. And that began the journey of Paul. And if it were not for the Apostle Paul, we would not have most of the New Testament. We wouldn't have much in the New Testament today. You know, thank God for his ministry. It's interesting how the Catholic Church, you know, they venerate uh, Peter, okay, but they don't give much uh, respect to Paul. When it was Paul, really, who took the gospel to the Gentiles. Yes, Peter had the vision. He went over and preached in the house of Cornelius, probably the first Gentile to be converted that we have record of. But then, pretty much, he went back and did his own thing. And, uh, you know, he would go over to Cyprus for a while. You know, he would go and do some travels. But pretty much, he went back to the Jews. Even at one time, Peter had to go and rebuke him face-to-face. Because, you know, when the, the rest of the Jewish people would come around, the Jewish believers, he would, you know, part company with the, the Gentiles, which were considered unclean. But, um, really, it was Paul who took the, the gospel to the nations and is responsible for us today, for having the Word of God and being able to be grafted in to the to the, the olive tree. So I praise God for the, the ministry of Paul. And I, you know, I believe Peter repented later, and he came back around, and ultimately he laid his life down too. And uh, you know, history says that uh, he was crucified upside down. He did not want to be uh, crucified right side up. He didn't believe he was worthy of that, to die the same way that Jesus died. Praise God for Peter, of course, but it's interesting that uh, the Catholic Church talks uh, only about Peter, yet there's not much left from Peter in terms of a legacy of writing. So, if you want to throw out Paul, you've thrown out most of the New Testament. And that's definitely doctrinal heresy right there. There are some things that uh, are not always clear. So what do you do? Do you stop reading the Word of God and say, well, I guess it's over for me. I can't get any further. No, what you do is just file that away, keep on reading. Ask God to reveal it to you through His Holy Spirit. That's the best we can do. No one is going to have perfect perfect command of all the Scriptures and understand all the mysteries of God. Some things have been sealed up until the end time, and only now are we understanding the ramifications of, especially as it results to Bible prophecy. And uh, other things, you know, God wants you to dig for Dig like you're digging for gold. You know, he wants you to study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. I think that's how it goes. And so, um, how hungry are you? My grandmother always said, there are deeper mysteries of God that we have not even begun to explore. But God's not going to cast his pearls before the swine. We've got to get in there. We've got to study the Word of God. We've got to search out the truth in the Scriptures, and we've got to rightly divide the Word of Truth. And we cannot make a doctrine just with one Scripture. Let everything be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. I think that's probably a good rule of thumb with regards to the Word of God, too. If you're unclear on something, go look and see if you can find some other Scriptures to to support what you believe. If you can't, and you find two that are in conflict, then probably your doctrine is wrong. But anybody would say they understand all Bible prophecy, I'd call them fools, if I can use that word. 
I haven't met anybody that's getting all right. Again, we all see through a glass darkly right now. And some information is on a need-to-know basis only. You know, we probably couldn't handle the whole revelation. Clearly, that was the, the way that it was going with Paul. Paul was such a learned man. Then he came face-to-face with Jesus Christ. And he had this new revelation. And God caught him up in the Spirit. He talked about being caught up into the throne room of God. My grandma has been there. You literally die. Your, your spirit comes out of the body. Of course, God keeps you, keeps you alive. Witchcraft will call that astral projecting, of course. <laughs> They're doing it under demonic power and rebellion against God. If God catches you up in the spirit, okay, and your spirit leaves the body, he's going to maintain and take care of your body until you come back. And uh, she gave some of that um, testimony. Uh, she was caught up on two occasions. It happens, folks. Boy, if, if only I, w- I was worthy enough to do that. I'd say praise God for that experience. But, you know, it's a frightening experience, and um, it's an amazing experience. I remember when I was 15 years old, I lived in uh, Plano, Texas, 15, 16. I was going out there going to high school. Plano is a suburb of Dallas. And uh, I had just come home, and I was actually getting ready to go out that night. Uh, my mom was was out of town, and my grandmother had... I uh, had come into town to stay with me and my brother Damon and watch us. And uh, I was going to go out to this new new craze that was uh, hitting the the country. It was called Laser Tag. They had another name for it. I want to call it Zoom. I can't remember that. It's been so long. You know, you remember in Laser Tag? You get out there and they strap you down with these uh, backpacks and this uh, laser gun with these helmets. And you run around this uh, cave and... You know, you shoot people with a laser tag, and that was great, man. I was getting ready to go, and uh, I was kind of in a hurry. A friend was going to pick me up. We were going out there, and my grandmother uh, looked like somebody just died. And uh, I had just come in as my grandmother had been, uh, she'd been caught up in the spirit and seen a vision. And uh, she saw pills of fire, pills of fire. The heavens were on fire. And she honestly thought uh, the rapture had, was taking place, and that God had come, Jesus had come back, and there was no time to warn any of the family, and she wouldn't be able to say anything to them. And she was just like had a desperate look on her face, like I've got to get back and warn my family. Well, God was showing her a vision of something in the future, and uh, you know she was she was beside herself. But uh, you would too if you get caught up in the spirit when you hear words like Benjamin Baruch. Talking about in ninety, I think it was ninety six, ninety seven, he was caught up and set into the future. Had the vision of the uh, concentration camps. It is so real what you're experiencing. Okay, God is actually allowing you to experience what's coming. In that case, the future. That um, he was a nervous wreck for like six weeks. He had an emotional breakdown. When you see your family taken in a camp, and they took the men and took them into one area, they separated the women from the men from the children. It was like one of the movies you'd see in the Holocaust from Nazi Germany and the the persecution of the Jews in the death camps. That's what he, he where he was at. Except this time it was in modern day America, sometime in the future, after the fall, and. Uh, it was 
He experienced every emotion that you would you would experience. And then God brought him back and had him write about it. And warn about the day of the Lord is at hand. People need to repent. Because judgment is falling. My point in going there was it was so real what he experienced that you know, some people just couldn't take it if they really knew what was coming down the pike for them. So back to the Apostle Paul, you know, he had this revelation. He'd been caught up. God had shown him some of the mysteries that he, he alludes to. And he had a powerful anointing that followed him throughout. He was not a perfect man, though. And what God did, he probably saw that Paul had a, a doorway that could have taken him down, a doorway of pride. You know, a learned man that he gave him a, he gave him a, a tear. Basically, talks about a messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh was sent to buffet him. Okay, buffet really meant to uh, keep him in check, and <laughs> and really what I believe it was is uh, God allowed it to happen to keep him grounded so his head wouldn't explode from pride. And Gomez, um, when you're ordering that ice cream, give me um, some pistachio. I want two scoops of pistachio, please. <laughs> you know, really, the best ice cream in the world is Haagen-Dazs. If you can find Haagen-Dazs, that would be my number one choice. Number two, I would have to say, would be Breyers. And what they both have in common is they're they're made from real ingredients. They're made from milk, from eggs, and from all natural flavors. Order Haagen-Dazs today. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I could... Uh, I I remember this uh, Haagen-Dazs store that used to be underneath an office where I worked at, and it was in Winter Park, uh, Florida. I was there for a while working with my brother, and we were working on this business together. And you could go down, and they had this guy who would take these uh, Haagen-Dazs ice cream bars... Okay, it was just straight white chocolate. And then he would take it and he would dip it into hot, hot chocolate. And then when he pulled out, it would in- instantly crystallize and harden. And there you had your Haagen-Dazs bar like you buy, you know, three in a box for $4. Or are they $5? They went up a little bit, haven't they? But, man, that was good. You- you're making me hungry, Gomez. What the jack slap you for that. All I've got here right now is a little Dimitessi cup of coffee. No ice cream for the Omega Man tonight. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, the Apostle Paul was um, he was kept humble by a thorn in the flesh, a demon. I don't know how long he kept it or if he ever got delivered of it. Maybe he didn't. You know, you make it to heaven with demonic spirits. Some things we don't get delivered of till we meet Jesus. But it doesn't mean we have to be stay beaten down and tormented. You seek deliverance. You take back the territory that has been uh, overrun in your life, maybe for generations, if it's come down from the generational lines, and cast these foul spirits out in Jesus' name and get some more victory in your life, and then let God show you something else. So, yeah, uh, Paul Paul battled with some things. And uh, I believe also, uh, when you when you talk, when you read some of his writings, he mentions weakness, he mentions his letters are getting larger and larger. He probably had a spirit of infirmity, okay, that uh, caused him to, uh, you know, maybe lack in energy. Maybe he had a, uh, the spirit caused him a vision impairment. And uh, he did mention that, of course, he had a problem in speech. 
Maybe he even had a stutter. Clearly, Paul had some issues, but um, I believe if there were health issues, then it was a spirit of infirmity that was causing that. Now, I'm going to go back and take some notes from James Mobley's um, program we did the other night. He was just rattling out one instance after another where the disciples had demonic spirits. You know, Jesus rebuked Peter, said, Peter, you don't know what spirit you're of, man, when Satan spoke to him. Okay? You had the um, the two brothers, was it James and John? Are those Were those the, the sons of Boagernes, the sons of thunder? That said, Jesus, shall we call down fire like Elijah and fry him? Jesus rebuked him. You know? It doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means, hey, they're human. We're dealing with a human flesh nature, right? Okay? We don't have a glorified body yet. Yes, the spirit is sealed until redemption day. But we've still got a, uh, a fleshly body that we're dealing with, and we've got the soulish nature, the mind, will, and emotions. And so, yes, uh, demons can be inside a believer. They can reside in your mind, your will, your emotions, or your flesh. Good news is they can also be cast out in Jesus' name. So what's the big deal? Why all this pride? Well, praise God, I accepted Jesus Christ. Instantly, he delivered me of everything. And yet that same person will go out there and you'll find them gossiping. They'll backbite. They'll even have some bitterness and unforgiveness. Folks, those are spirits. And they're just like the rest of us. They've got to repent and get set free. You know what? Some of the people of the world who don't even profess Christ have more honor and more dignity. And you can reason with more than you can many people, many of us who call ourselves Christians. Let us not think that we've ever arrived, okay? We must endure till the end. And that leads me to the next topic, um, this whole issue of trying to make Omega Man the poster child for OSAS. I'm going to set the record straight tonight, okay? I'm not the poster child, and there's been many accusations been leveled at me in, in recent days. So I'm just going to clear the air on it. There are many controversial issues that I believe we should be able to debate as brothers without throwing each other under the fence. To include this issue of eternal security. Subjects like, are we getting out of here in a pre-tribulation rapture? Does the rapture even exist? Can a Christian have a demon? These are all controversial issues, aren't they? Should you interrogate a demon? Or should you just gag him up and not allow him to speak? You know, demons, all they do is lie anyway. You hear that all the time. Folks, uh, you shouldn't be sending a demon to Tartarus. You should only send him to the dry places. No, you can't send him to the pit. You can only send him the foot of Jesus to be judged for his time. No, you should only send him to where Jesus sent, tells him to go. And folks, people will separate with you if you disagree with them on any of those points that I mentioned. We could go down a whole list. I'm sure you've got some of your own that you've heard. What do you mean that person flopping on the ground isn't filled with the Holy Spirit? That's the Holy Spirit. It might be. It also might be a demonic spirit manifesting. I lost two good brothers that I've known since I was 13 over that one. 
because I sent them uh, the Andrew Strom video called Shocking. So this issue of OSAS is no different to me. It's not the first time I've been attacked. Now, I will tell you, I was uh, brainwashed like many of you just to believe that my church called the Treasury's Church of God Pentecostal. I wasn't uh, saved yesterday. I was been in the church since I was four years old. Actually, younger than that. <laughs> Probably since I was born. My grandparents were preaching. Grandfather Weber and my grandmother, you, you met some of, some of you have heard her, Omega Grandma, Omega G-Ma. Actually, um, what do you call your grandparents? You call them Grandfather, Papa, Grandpa, G-Paul, Granddad. My brother finally came up with an abbreviation. We call my grandfather G-Dad. <laughs> but uh, I could never call, I, I never got used to the word like Papa. You know, I would call my dad, Dad. And I call my grandfather, Granddad. Now we just call him G-Dad for short. <laughs> but uh, let me get back on track. Um, yeah, I was raised in the church. I was raised to believe that uh, Jesus Christ could come before we even got out of church. Be prepared. Make sure you're ready to meet Jesus, because if you're unsaved and you're flying on an airplane and there's a rapture, and the pilot's a Christian, you'll go down with the ship. Folks, I, I realize that wasn't uh, quite accurate. There are certain legal parameters that must be met before the return of Jesus. Certain things must happen. There must be a great falling away. The Antichrist would be revealed. And if you have your swords with me, with you, turn over to Matthew 24 tonight. I see we have no open call, or so might as well preach. But if you would like to call in tonight and weigh in on any of these discussions, or you want prayer or deliverance, it's all available to you. 917-889-2745. Let me do a sound check. Need somebody out there in the chat room to tell me how am I coming through. Yeah, maybe we can, we'll throw that in the chat, too. Uh, should I buy gold or should I not? Is America Babylon? How many of you, if you were to admit that America was Babylon, would still have some friends that don't believe that way? They would probably divorce you. So this is nothing new for me. I'm a very controversial person because I choose to use my brain and think. But you know what? We should be able to rightly divide the word of truth. We should be able to debate the Scripture without wanting to kill each other. Not like what they did with the Apostle Stephen. He was out there preaching the Word of God, rebuked them, telling them the truth, and what did they do? They carried him out, and they stoned him to death. But not before they bit him. They actually manifested, and they bit him with their teeth, it says. And Paul, he was a young man at the time, he sat there and held the cloak, and he watched Stephen go to his death. But Stephen looked up, the skies opened up, and he saw, I believe he saw Jesus Christ in the sky, um, and the angels. Man, I feel like playing an angel promo while I get my word out. Here we go. And that was Freddie Haler, not to be confused with Paul Lisney. Now, Paul Lisney is a Catholic, but man, doesn't he have a beautiful voice? So what? I'm not going to throw the guy under the bus just because he doesn't agree with every point like me. doesn't mean that I can't listen to his music. 
I'm talking Paul Lisney, Deliver Me, Jesus, and Going Home, which we may play later. This particular guy, though, Freddie Haler, what a testimony he has. Uh, I've got to put a link up. He was on the Sid Roth Show, and uh, he gave a testimony of how he came to Jesus Christ. He was looking out a window. He gets struck by lightning. He heard no thunder. He just saw the lightning, and boom. He got hit, and he was given a tender voice. He got filled with the Holy Spirit right there. Baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then God gave him a word that he was going to sing like Pavarotti. There's another guy, but you know, you know what I'm, you know who Pavarotti was, opera. But he was a singer for Jesus, and he did these CDs called Song of Angels One and Two, and it's beautiful music. Um, Walnut Bread Seven 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 sent me a sound clip of him, and I said, "Man, I've got to check this out." I've been looking for some praise music. You know, everybody's different in their musical taste. I'm not into this new music. You know, we've had for the last 20 years, you know, what they call the praise music, the modern-day praise. Really, it's, you know, you see these guys, and you know, they're in their, their jeans, and they've got their slick back hair, or maybe spiked hair with some mousse, and, you know, they've got this career, and it's all about me. It's not about Jesus. You can tell they're not humble. They're, you know, they if they were given a... A record contract by Sony, they would take it in a split second, and that just turns me off. I want to gag, you know. I'm old school. You know, the the old rugged cross. The blood will never lose its power. That's what I was raised on, the old green and red hymn books. Do you remember those? Brown hymn books. You know, they, have, they were multicolored, but the old Pentecostal songs. But you know what? I also like techno. I like some dance music. I have to be very careful these days what I listen to because they are demonic gateways. So there's not much I, I listen to now, but I still like some of the uh, the synthesizers. You know, Vangelis, you remember him? Vangelis. Some beautiful m- music. You know, it just evokes emotions in me. And, it, of course, Pavarotti. You know, uh, Enrique Iglesias is, is great. It's unfortunate that, uh, you know, he... He sings about uh, fornication all the time, and but you know he's got a great voice. His father had a great voice too, Julio. I don't know. I guess I'm just old school, but you know this kind of mixture of opera, synthesizer, Vangelis, and then an anointed man of God preaching. Hey, it just pushed me over the top. So that's my plug for Freddie Haler. <laughs> Let's get back to the word. Here we go. If you have your swords with you, let's turn over to Matthew 24. Let me let me slay some cows tonight. Matthew 24. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See you not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Now, back in the old days, they used to say diverse places. So I had all these uh, images in my mind of like a a deep underwater sea canyon, you know, like the abyss. 
That's just <laughs> that's just the way they made it sound. But diverse means various places. Now, I'm reading out of the King James Bible, Matthew 24. We just read up to verse 8. Now, that is a picture of the end times. And I would say that um, we've seen all those things come to pass, and they're continuing to. But, you know, being raised, we were thought... We were told to, to think that, hey, the rapture is going to come, and that's the end of the story. And, you know, folks, that's not true, because that's not the end of the story. Let's keep going. All these are what? The beginning of sorrows. It's just the beginning, my friends. This is where they stop. They don't want to preach verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. What do you think about that? It didn't say, then I will come and the clouds will part and, and you'll be caught up in the sky and I'll suck you up right through your sunroof on the way back from Starbucks. It says, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Was he talking about... Modern-day Israel, they're not hated for the, the sake of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I believe what he's talking about when he says nations, he's talking about a nations of people, the believers of Jesus Christ, the saints, the Christian church. I don't believe he's talking about a geographical location there. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Now... This is where we get into some serious doctrine, doctrinal arguments, because this is just one scripture I'm going to read, but if you go back and you keep reading and you put it together and you'll see what Jesus says, he keeps referring to the offense that's coming. Why? For persecution. Persecution of the saints. And we'll, uh, we'll delve into why that's, uh, that affects you and I here in America. Again, and then shall many be offended, and they shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. Okay, so the end doesn't happen prior to uh, the offense coming, persecution coming, and then they deliver you up to the death. Okay, there are many of you listening that could find yourself in a concentration camp in the days ahead. Some of you may decide you're going to take it in your own hands and pick up your AR-15, your 12-gauge shotgun, your Glock 9mm with high-cap magazines, maybe even have a Bushmaster or, a, or a, maybe you've got a Barrett 50 caliber long-range rifle, and you're preparing, you've got your ammo, you've got your beans, you've got your rice, you've got your alpine mountain house foods, you've got a bulletproof vest, you've got night vision goggles, you've got night scopes. I, w I, I had all that. I was preparing for a Red Dawn invasion. I was preparing for invasion. You know, I believe the prophecies of Demetri Dudeman. David Wilkerson, Jonathan Hansen, Henry Groover, 
that America is modern day part of modern day Babylon, the one that's mentioned in Jeremiah 50 and 51 and Revelation 18. And I said, man, I'm not going to sit by and let the Russians and the Chinese and the Mexico and South America and Cuba and Nicaragua and Central America come up here and invade me. They'll have, to, they'll have to pry my gun out of my, how did Charlton Heston say, out of my cold, dead fingers. But you know what? That was rebellion to the plan of God. God didn't call me to hold America back from the coming revolution. Again, this is not World War One. This is not World War Two. This is not Vietnam. What we're talking about is the judgment of God on the whole world. And he has given us a glimpse of where America is in the end time. It's going to be overrun, folks. It says men will lift their hands up with a shout like caterpillars that will overrun you. The land of unwalled villages. The land that sits on many waters. There's over 120 to 140 biblical parameters that end time Babylon, the nation, must fit to be the one that it's talking about. You can apply the parameters. America is the only one that meets all the parameters. I'm sorry if I've ruffled your fingers, ruffled your feathers. Why are we talking about this? I'm giving you an example. This one thing alone will cause people to part company with you. Why? Because they don't want to confront the truth. The truth that you may have to give your life for Jesus Christ before it's over with. And that uncomfortable truth causes people to have a conflict. It's really easy to call yourself a Christian when everything is going smooth. When there's prosperity, when you've got plenty of food, when you've got a full tank of gas, when you've got tuition for your kids to go to college, when your husband or your wife isn't fighting with you, everybody's smiling. But if you get a knock at the door and they say, we have you on the uh, membership roster of the the first uh, Christian church. Uh, come with us. What, what do you mean, come with you? What did I do? You didn't hear? There's an executive order. Christians are the new terrorist, and they take you away. What would you do in that case? Some are preparing to fight the new world order, and God has not called us to do that. In fact, it says that, he that liveth by the sword, the shame shall die by the sword. He that is meant for captivity, in the captivity he shall go. Here is the patience and the, the faith of the saints. It's talking about enduring persecution and suffering, standing up for Jesus, not backing down, not denying him. Because it says that he that denieth me before men, the same I shall deny before my father. It's putting your money where your mouth is. Are you willing to take up your cross and go to your death if Jesus deems this necessary? It's coming, my friends. But when you say, it's already happening all around the world. We've just been blessed to have a little bit more time here. But it's going to be knocking at our doors very soon. People are dying all over. They've been dying for centuries for Jesus Christ. Egypt, a couple weeks ago, they bombed that church. Darfur, they'll cut, you know, they'll 
wait till you go to church. They'll bar the church doors and they'll set it to fire, and you'll you, know, you could be you could be killed while going to church there. Over in Indonesia, they'll take your head. They've got one person they arrested for passing out tracts to the Muslims here a few weeks ago. I read about him. Um, there's an uproar because it looks like they're going to get jail time only, and the the Muslims are are angry that they're not going to cut the head off. Folks, in Canada right now, if you speak against homosexuality, you could be arrested. In Britain, they just fined a uh, a minister seven thousand dollars and threatened him arrest for speaking out against homosexuality. You don't think it's going to come here? They're going to call it hate speech before long. It'll be the same thing here. Folks, it's coming to America. My point is, uh, Jesus says, then they shall deliver you up to the death. You know, they'll they'll kill you, think that they're doing God a service. Well, it's not their, our God that they're serving, okay? They're serving a, a demonic spirit called Allah. Which, by the way, Charlie Costello came into contact with the spirit of Allah the other day and cast it out. <laughs> so, we've got to go through some persecution here before the return of the Lord. Jesus can't come at any moment. We haven't seen the Antichrist yet. We haven't seen uh, ourselves here in America wake up to the day where they're t- taking some of us off to the camps. There's persecution coming. And it's no surprise to God. And God isn't going to call a Dunkirk evacuation and just rapture us all out of here. He wants us to be testimonies. Okay? If they, if you take the salt out, what do you got? You've got nothing. We're supposed to be the light of the world. We're not to be burying ourselves into a bunker. But I, I don't want to die. I want to save myself. It says that he did Seeks to save his own life and lose it. But he that will lose his life for my sake will save it. You've been called to lay down your life for Jesus Christ if he requires it. We have not been called to be controlled by a spirit of fear. There are some websites that God told me to stop looking at in 2005, and yet I continue to, and it perpetuated that paralyzation from the spirit of fear to where all I thought about was saving my neck. I was trying to make every preparation in the natural and I was forgetting that I was ignoring my mission. Mission is to preach the gospel. It's to cast out demons in Jesus' name. It's to minister in love to people who are dying and going to hell. And they don't even know it. It's to lay hands on the sick. It's to be a witness for Jesus. He didn't call us to go AWOL. And that's what that's what it is. We've got a bunch of cowards... Okay, that are afraid to lose their lives if necessary. We've all been called to lay our lives down. It says that he that will not pick up his cross and not work and follow me is not worthy of me. He, you know, that put his shoulder to the to the till and look back is not worthy of me. We've been called to go all the way. Now, if you realize that. And you're not afraid to lay down your life. What can the devil do to you? He can't do anything to you. If you don't fear death, okay, you're like a samurai warrior. Okay, for formidable foes. They'd already made their peace. They'd also done a bile movement before when they went out to the battlefield. <laughs> because it was a disgrace if um, you, you, were, you were killed to poop in your pants. I just thought I would uh, throw that in there to see if you're awake. 
So they did their job and their business before they went on the field. But they were prepared to die. Now, does it mean you're going to lose your head? Not necessarily. There are some that are going to endure till the end. To see Jesus Christ return in the skies. He talks about his return. It's time with the last trump. So if you want to know the timing of the return of the Lord, determine when the last trump is. That's when he comes back. He's only coming back one time, folks. He came back. He came one time and he was the lamb. Coming back the second time, he's going to be the lion. All right? He's coming back with a sword. Vanquishes enemies. And he's coming with a reward in his hand. What kind of reward are we going to have? We're not going to have much of a reward if all we thought about was saving our own skin. That's selfish. There's no greater love than a man that would give his life for a brother. Are you willing to lay your life down if it meant another soul would make it into the kingdom of heaven? That's where the real bounty comes from. He that wins souls is wise. You know, I heard a man who said, I don't care if Jesus comes back tomorrow or 100 years from now. I'm going to still be doing what I'm doing, and that is working for the Lord till he comes. In fact, I hope he doesn't come back for a while because I want... More time to work. That's what we. That's the kind of attitude we've got to have. Now, was this show about the pre-tribulation rapture or post-trib or mid-trib? Look, if I'm wrong, we get out of here early. It's gravy. We just you know, hey, it's, it's it's gravy, right? But if we don't, I'm preparing myself to to the end because many will faint because it comes as a thief in the night to them. Oh, wait a minute. All this is happening to me, and I thought we were going to get out of here. There's a great falling away, folks. Do they come back? I don't know. They fall away, it doesn't say. Clearly, there is a great falling away going to happen from those that call themselves Christians. Enter the OSAS doctrine. Very controversial issue. I was adamant my whole life to say, hey, um, they've got to be in heresy. I don't know, folks. There's some good arguments for and against. I've heard both sides. Out of respect, I said, you know, we're going to, we're going to, uh, I'm going to allow the, the pulpit, the forum of Omega Man Radio, for some that promote it to come on and, and preach, and we did. I fulfilled my obligation, and uh, after listening, I have to tell you, I'm on the fence. I believe that uh, what Jesus said, he says, no man can pluck you out of the Father's hand. The question that I have is, can you jump out of the hand and commit suicide? <laughs> I don't think so. If you deny Jesus before man, he will deny you before his Father. He's clear on that. Are you able, though, to stay? Is the Lord able to keep you? I believe he is. But will he override your free will? I don't think so. Do we still have to um, continue to crucify our flesh and repent? Sure. If you're saved and you screw up and you made a mistake and you, were, you had some bitterness and unforgiveness and you got killed, does that mean that you're going to go to hell? No, I, I believe there's grace there, but it, it's not a license to sin. Okay, I don't even like using that term. I guess what I want to say on this is I believe you can be saved 
And I believe you can stay saved. I don't believe you have to question your salvation every day. That's the flip side of it. There's some that uh, believe, hey, I make one mistake and I'm going to hell. Folks, God looks at the heart. And you have to really ask yourself, what is salvation? Do you think just saying, turning on and listening to Joel Osteen and saying a quick sinner's prayer or Van Epi, you get saved? Not if you don't have a heart change. There's many that call themselves saved and were not saved to begin with. And I'm not their judge. Only God is. But we have to each work out our own salvation with fear and trembling is what the Word says. Getting saved is more than just mumbling the sinner's prayer. You have to, number one, be convicted of the Holy Spirit and drawn to Him. No man can come to the Father unless the, the Holy Spirit draws him. Okay? Think about that. Ask yourself about Pharaoh. His heart was hardened. He would have let them go. God hardened it. He wanted to show the nation of Israel his power to get them out of the hands of a tyrant. Poor Pharaoh. Maybe he missed his opportunity earlier and it was too late. God hardened his heart. My point is, is if you're not drawn, you can't come to the Father. God has his vessels of honor and dishonor. Now, you've got to be drawn of the Holy Spirit. You have to be sincere and repentant and sorry for what you've done. You have to be convicted. And if you are, then you can accept Jesus Christ. He'll wash away your sins. He doesn't remember it anymore. And then when these things get thrown back up to you, that's the devil. You just got to stop listening to the devil, as Scott Lathrop told me one time. Because God doesn't remember anymore. If you truly repent. Now, are we going to screw up? Sure we are. We've got to crucify our flesh daily, like Paul says. We've got to understand when we screw up, and we will, we've got to be quick to repent. Because if we don't, God will send the tormentors. Those are demons, folks. Okay, if you are a Christian and you've got bitterness and unforgiveness, and you're not quick to repent and you let the sun go down in your wrath, you get angry, Satan will come and he'll sow tears. You'll wake up with demonic spirits that have come into you through sin. We've got to be like, we've got to be very quick to, to repent and mean it when we do. And we can't go around and say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do this sin anyway, premeditated. Because I can just repent of it later. You know, that's wrong, folks. We, we shouldn't be doing that. That shouldn't be counted among us. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. Do I hear an amen so far? I don't believe in a get-out-of-hell uh, free card. You say the sinner's prayer and then, you know, you're going to heaven, irregardless. No, I don't believe in that. In fact, I believe that we've got to Stay blood washed. We've got to keep working at it. And we're not saved by works. We're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. But faith without works is dead. We are expected to do some things. And what are they? We're expected to cultivate a relationship with the Father and His Son, who gave everything for you and I, that we could be restored in relationship. We're to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The gifts are handed out as God sees fit. 
And we're to get into the Word of God every day. The renewing of the mind comes from reading the Word of God. We're to get into some fellowship with other believers. We shouldn't be a spiritual hermit. I agree. We've got apostasy far and wide in America. And many churches are preaching another Jesus. But there's got to be some place, even if it's an old-timey Baptist church. Okay, and I'm not a, I'm not of any denomination. I'm of the whole word of God is for today. That's my denomination. From Genesis to Revelation. But if they're preaching the word of God, then get in there and at least fellowship. Because you open yourselves up when you try to make yourself an island unto yourself. We all need fellowship. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Now, yes, I know some of you that are into Messianic roots uh, will say that only is talking about the Feast of the Lord. Don't ever try to don't ever try to pick a fight with me regarding Messianic roots, folks. I was probably looking at it while you were still in diapers. Some of you that write me and say, how dare you call the Son of God Jesus? Don't you know his name is Yeshua? Folks, I wasn't born yesterday. We can debate it if you want, though. But I believe that all I also I believe that that also talks about assembling yourselves in a church, some fellowship. Maybe it's a home church. You know we should we should fellowship. We were made for fellowship, fellowship with God, and we should be around some like-minded believers. Okay, so regarding the feast, yes, I do believe that um, just what the word says. It'll be the feast of tabernacles that will be in the new millennium. Go read it for yourself. I believe it's over in Zechariah. Unfortunately, sadly, a lot of things we weren't we weren't raised to really understand because we're living in a Western Gentile world. But I also don't believe God has called us all to go wear tallits and walk around with a prayer shawl and grow my beard out and have a black suit. Come on. Jesus Christ is Lord of the Sabbath. Every day should be the Sabbath to you. It's about your heart, folks. That's what Jesus is interested in. He's interested in a heart change. All these things that we quibble and bicker over right now aren't going to mean a hill of beans when people are having to lose their head and go to the camps. And there's a great falling away. Were they saved to begin with? I just don't know. Maybe they weren't. Then again, maybe therein lies the warning. Okay, we've got to stay on the straight and narrow. Satan is going to lay his traps, his snares, to try to take you out. We've seen many fall. Seen some that have backslidden. Do they come back? I don't know. I don't know all the end of the stories. I don't know. I've heard some good endings. I've heard men of God who were pastors and went and shot a lady's head off because he had fallen into an adulterous affair and she wanted to leave him for another lover. That happened in the church of God. He went to jail for 10 years, got out, trying to preach again. Thanks about time for Lars to call in and blow the shofar. Praise God for Lars. But um, some of them are getting reconciled at the very last minute. Does that mean they're going to get their rewards? Folks, you can make it into heaven with the smell of smoke. My father was called to preach at 16. He preached at a black church in the deep south in the 60s. Next thing you know, my grandmother took him over there to preach. He preached a revival, and he came home and People were threatening him and saying, you know, calling him saying, hey, we've got people waiting outside with guns because of spirit of prejudice going on back in the deep south in the 60s. 
He worked for the Lord as a minister, had his minister credentials. Worked for Pat Robertson, Lester Summerall, and then had an adulterous affair. My father went after the millions, died a rich man. He died and someone else got it. It wasn't me. <laughs> like the old saying goes, like the word says, you know, you'll, you'll work up and build it up and then someone else enjoyed the fruit of your labor. Someone else enjoyed my father's fortune. It wasn't me. My point is, is I saw my dad two weeks before he died. And uh, he had made peace with the Lord. I don't know what kind of reward he got, but I believe he got into heaven. I'm certain of that. God didn't cast him away. God will continue to work with you and work with you. I do believe there comes a time where you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Heaven forbid we ever get to that point. Let God be the judge. And I believe we've got to be on guard in these last days because persecution is coming. Did you hear me? Persecution is coming to the church in America. If the footmen were you, where will you be when the horsemen come? Folks, if we can't take it now, we're not going to be able to take it in the days ahead. Many of us are going to faint, fall away. We've got to endure till the end. The same shall be saved. That means we've got to occupy till Jesus comes. We've got to preach the gospel. We've got to feed the poor. We've got to help the widows, stand in the gap for the widows and the innocent, those that can't help themselves. We should bless Israel, Genesis 12, 3. Remember that we did not replace Israel. That's another doctrine we could part company over. Someone out there would. They say, well, you know, God doesn't love Israel anymore. We are the new Israel. Folks, that's bull crap. We did not replace Israel. We've been grafted in. We're joint heirs with Christ and the natural branch. We're the wild. We didn't replace him, but we are part of the commonwealth of Israel. And uh, those are our brothers and sisters over there. And we've got to defend Israel. I mean, we have to agree with everything that they do. Are they any more wicked than us? Nobody get any more wicked than America who pups out all the pornography in the world out of Hollywood, aborts its own kids, 60 million last count, puts homosexuals in office, like Barney Frank. Right now, I just bind and cage Barney Frank's foul, wicked spirits, and I command them to manifest and come out while he's on public TV one day in Jesus' name. Throw that in there for good measure. <laughs> Um, we haven't replaced Israel. We're to stand by them. We're, let me get back to our, our marching orders. Go into enemy territory, drive out the inhabitants of the land. It's talking about demonic spirits. Set the captives free in Jesus' name. Heal the sick. Preach the gospel. They've done a great job of that, but not so much healing the sick and casting out devils. That's what we need to emphasize right now. Put, plenty of good evangelists, but who's doing the other part? One is as important as the other. If you get saved and you don't have your your demons expelled, you're not going to be very fruitful for Jesus Christ. Do I hear an amen out there? Let me know that some of you are still awake. When was the last time you went and visited someone in the hospital? When was the last time you bought some food and took it over to a poor family that was questionable if they were even eating anything recently? We've been called to visit the sick, feed the poor, share what we've got with those that can't help themselves. 
And you should be supporting that Costello is going to be preaching about that. How the storehouse of heaven is really talking about the summary of God. It's talking about the deliverance. But that's another sermon. God is going to evaluate you and I on what we did with what we had. He gives to everybody various, variously. He gave one man one. He gave another five. He gave another ten talents. You know the story. What are you doing with your resources? That's what I have to ask myself too. But I need money to uh, a 501c3. Are you going to part with me because maybe we don't agree? So, I mean, we can strive all day. The point is, is you work salvation with fear and trembling. And if I can find common ground, I'll bring somebody on. It doesn't mean we're going to see eye to eye and everything. I showed here that some of you are going to die before the return of Jesus. I didn't see any interest in a rapture in Matt 24. You go show me rapture. And if I find one verse, to then we finish there. We've got to be very careful what we hold to as being the way if we can't back it up. Just because you've been taught that there was a pre-tribulation rapture coming doesn't mean that's the way. It's going to play out. No, people are going to die for, for the cause of Jesus Christ. They're going to be persecuted. And many are going to be offended. That's the point I want to make on that. I think I've said enough there. Just don't count yourself. Don't, you don't want to be counted among those that fall away. They may not come back. I don't know. I wouldn't count on it. It's not a mistake that you and I were born into this time. God has a special plan for each and every one of us. But there's some big issues out there. It's not whether you call Jesus Christ by his Hebrew name, as some would would, would have, have you, have you believe. Well, if you don't use the name Yeshua, you're not going to make it to heaven. Well, I can solve that one for you right now. Remember when the Pharisees came to Jesus and says, you're casting out devils by the prince of devils and Beelzebub? Folks, if I, by the finger of God, cast out devils, then a miracle is coming to you, I think the word says. Deliverance is a miracle. And demons only come out by one name, and that's the Son of God. Whether you want to use his Hebrew name or his English name, I'm not going to debate that with you. Some are walking around like religious Pharisees. Well, I've been enlightened. I know Jesus' Hebrew name. So what of the folks that don't? Are they dying and go to hell? Does that mean they couldn't cast out demons? Demons come out by only one name. That's the Son of God. And if you really want to get yourself in trouble tonight, then blaspheme the Holy Spirit by saying that there's no power in the name of Jesus Christ because I cast out devils in the name of Jesus Christ and they come out. And if there was no power in the name of Jesus Christ, demons would not come out. End of discussion there. But I have cast them out in the name of Yeshua, too. I prefer to use his English name. Maybe your name is John. Well, in Hebrew, it would be Yakanan. If you were in Spain, they call you Juan. They all mean John, so get off this bull crap where some are saying, well, there's no power in the name of Jesus Christ, and that's translated as Zeus. That means a cow god. I had a taxi driver in Costa Rica one time. Tell me, tell me that someone came down here and poisoned them. 
And now he doubts his own salvation. I know a guy who was one of the most powerful deliverance ministers of all time, and now he's infirmed, and he questions if the Bible is even for today. If we've got it all, is hell real? So get off this crap, this self-righteousness. Nothing but a modern-day Pharisee if you keep saying that. And you're blasphemer if you say there's no power in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ was very clear about that. If Satan's kingdom be divided against Satan, it cannot stand. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. And there's only one way to the Father, and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. Do I hear an amen out there? It's not through Buddha. It's not through Kundalini. <laughs> amen. But now, if you want to use the name Yeshua, that's fine by me. That was his Hebrew name. Then you got those out there that say, well, I can't pronounce the name of God. I have to spell it G underscore D. Folks, God wants us to know his name. And unfortunately, it was blotted out for centuries in the Old Testament. The Jews call him Hashem, the name, or Adonai. There's even still some controversies. Is it Jehovah or is it Yahweh? I don't know. I really don't know the answer. I couldn't even get Nehemiah Gordon to answer that question. But he seems to believe it's probably Jehovah. That's probably accurate. I talked to Benjamin Brook. He says God has many names. Maybe it's Jehovah and Yahweh. But you know what? The Son of God, Jesus Christ, is big enough to answer if I call him by his English or his Hebrew name, as is God the Father. Do you have a relationship with him? It's not, do you know his name? Many will say, Lord, Lord. And that day you'll say, I knew you not. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. It's a heart change, folks. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Some things we won't find out until we get to heaven. Do we got to strive over them? Now, if you hear me say that there's another name written by which man might be saved, then I would tell you to turn me off. And you need to pray for me and have an intervention because I've really lost it. But I'm here to tell you my beliefs that there's only one way to the Father, and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. Okay, we need to be saved. We need to serve God. We need to be more than just say, I'm, I accept Jesus as my Savior, now I'm going back to the world. No, that's not what He's called us to do. You kid yourself if you do that. Or if you think you can go back and sin, no. We need to feel guilty when we sin. That means the Holy Spirit's still in us. If we're not feeling convicted, that means we may be getting ready to be turned over to a reprobate mind. You don't ever want to spurn the Holy Spirit and hard your heart. Do I hear an amen out there? Je m'appelle Shannon et toi, for Bridget. See someone talking French. So... What have we talked about tonight? We talked about uh, my belief on the rapture theory. Uh, I say hogwash. I, I believe we don't get out of here to the last Trump. Most of us will probably be headed by that time. Some of you may make it. And if you do, we'll praise God. Do I believe we're the 144? Absolutely not. That's 12,000 from each of the tribe of Israel. And as I, under, as I understand them, they're men who have never had sex. Are there any virgins out there tuning in tonight? Well, unless you are, you're not one of the 144. I know I'm not. Do I hear an amen? <laughs> Can you still hear me clearly? That's what I need to know. Or am I talking into space at this point in time? I just don't know. 
Um, I believe we've got to occupy till he comes. All right? We've got to occupy till the Lord comes. We need to be busy. We need to say, God, not what what can you do for me? No, what can I do for you? You gave all for me. You bought me with a price. Don't I owe you my life? Seek first the kingdom of heaven. All these other things should be added unto you. Maybe the, the true reason why we don't have happiness is because we're trying to do it our own way instead of trying to do it the Lord's way. I know men like that. They lived their whole life, and at the end they said, you know, I'm miserable. I have no happiness, no joy. I lost my joy. It's because they realize that they can't take anything with them. It was all in vanity, just like Solomon already learned thousands of years ago. Smartest guy ever lived. Same man that said, spare not the rod. <laughs> Sometimes you got to spank your kids. If you love them, your father will spank you, who is in heaven. He'll, he'll ch- he chastises them whom he loves. If you're not getting a spanking from the Lord sometimes, that may be a sign that there's a problem. If you're not coming under a demonic attack, you're probably not doing anything to rile up the enemy. Well, bless God, I went to my 12 Stones church. I went over there and we just we just praised the Lord for... We just sung praise song for an hour and 40 minutes, and then they showed a movie. Went home. I'm working for the Lord, brother. Folks, just because you you feel the movement of God doesn't mean that was God. Music can invoke and incite any emotion that they want. They can get you so worked up that they pass out the offering plate three times. Rob you. Send you home, broke. You, th- you thought the Lord was there. You saw people flopping around. You thought it was Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You need to try all the spirits. Not all spirits are from God. There is a demonic counterfeit out there with everything. There's a counterfeit gospel. There's a counterfeit Jesus. There's a counterfeit deliverance ministry. And there's counterfeit manifestations of the true Holy Spirit. We must try everything. We've got to get smart, folks. We've got to get back to the Word and stop relying on men to teach us and see what the Word says for ourselves. Test everything against the Scripture. That's the only litmus test. And if you don't have a good good Bible, I'd say throw it out. I personally I use the King James Bible. Some words are a little bit hard to decode sometimes, but maybe I have to go up and look it up on a thesaurus. But I know that it, it's not being tampered with. It's been there for 400 years. It's good enough for me. Do I hear an amen out there? But hey, if uh, there's a scholar out there that could you know, update a few of the, the terms, we'll praise God for that. But I will tell you that most of the, the New Age versions are being tampered. If you don't believe me, go read Gail Ripplinger's report. I'm not, a, I'm not necessarily a King James only kind of guy. It's just probably the best that I've seen out there that we've got. It requires a little bit extra labor, sure. But God is able to speak to you. and It's a supernatural book that only the Holy Spirit can unlock. So we've got to get in there and we've got to dig it out. Like we're going mining for gold because there's nuggets embedded in the Scripture. Do I hear an amen? I haven't had my coffee. I might start preaching tonight. But it would be kind of selfish, so we should take some calls here. If anybody needs some prayer, call in. I'm going to go to a a quick musical break, and then we're going to uh, take your phone calls. All right, and I'm back, and I was going to play some music, but I realized I've been talking for two hours. 
only got an hour left. <laughs> but we can uh, go over into overtime uh, for a fourth hour if the calls start coming in and you need prayer tonight. Now, this would be the normal time we would be starting at 8 p.m., but I didn't know how the Internet was going to be tonight, so I wanted to make sure that we could at least do a program that was clear because weekends can be kind of tough. But, um, yeah, I've kind of shared my heart on several issues there. Again, I believe that um, we've got a long road to haul yet before the return of the Lord, and we need to be prepared to endure till the end. Um, we shouldn't ever think that we've made it. It's a struggle, folks. We're, we're wrestling against, flesh, you know, against spirits of darkness that want to kill you. They want to entrap you. Okay? They want to send a beautiful woman to knock on your door naked. Okay, to, to tempt you into adultery, like happened to one minister that I know of. They want to offer you large sums of money and say, well, if you'll just do this, you'll do this shady deal over here, and you know, be rich, nobody will know about it. Take you down with money. Adultery, fornication, pride. So many different ways that the devil can take you down as a man or woman of God. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. We've got to be on guard. We've got to be quick to repent, quick to forgive, and we've got to humble ourselves. We've got to judge ourselves. Okay? If we would judge ourselves, God won't have to judge us for sin. We need to be instant in season, out of season to be able to defend the Word of God and to be able to to tell others why we serve Jesus Christ. Because people are out there looking for an answer. And we need to know the Word of God. We should be in there reading every day. Studies show ourselves approved. Speaking of a, a great um, thesaurus, Daniel Webster, you know, is credited for most of the uh, modern-day English language in book form, He's got a uh, thesaurus, I believe it's the 1820 or the 1830 version. It's a big green one. Uh, they reprinted it. It's like as big as a phone book. Go Google that. You can still buy that. That's the the original original article, as they call it. That's the standard for thesauruses. It hasn't been corrupted. I've got a copy somewhere back in my office. It's great. Daniel Webster... 1830 edition, I think, is what it is. I'll find a link to it. But, um, yeah, we need to get into the Word of God. We need to read it. We need to pray. We need to seek God. We need to fast. That's been uh, something echoed here a lot recently, the power of fasting. Some demons only come out with prayer and fasting. If you've gotten only so far and you've hit a brick wall, you may need to fast. If you need some answers for your life, maybe time to fast. But I can't. Everybody can fast. How do you fast between you and God? God didn't say you have to fast three days with no water and no food. You may see better results if you do that, but Daniel also fasted and got a word from the Lord that saved his life when he had to interpret that dream. So I know some that fast every other day, three times a week. Praise God, it's between you. Let no man judge you in that. You know, we're, we're here and we're, we're sticking on things that don't really matter to Jesus. 
He doesn't care if you call him Yeshua or Jesus Christ. He can, he's big enough to be able to answer to both. You understand what I'm saying? It's your heart. Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Do you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul? The greatest of the commandments. It's about love. Do you love people enough that are going to hell to lay your life down if necessary, that they could be saved? Or you say, screw them. Just about me, and I'm not losing my head. I'm, I'm buying my uh, place in Belize. Folks, I went overseas looking for a way to escape what's coming on America, and I realized every place has a shelf life. And that was just Satan working to instill fear. I'm actually excited about being in God's end-time army. And I don't know it all. You know, we're all, we're all seeking the truth, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. But I know that uh, you'll know them by their fruits. And Jesus says, the first sign that shall fall them that believe is they will cast out devils in my name. Well, then I would ask you, for those that call themselves Christians, are you casting out demons? Are you laying hands on the sick that they shall recover? Are you preaching the gospel? If you're not doing these things, then really, how do you know you're even saved? What's to distinguish you from someone in the world? If there's no fruit, do you do the things Jesus said when he gave us a glimpse of Judgment Day? Did you did you feed me when I was hungry? Did you visit me when I was sick? Did you visit me in the jail when I was in prison? Did you give a child a cup of cold water in my name? Do you do those things? If you don't, then you're fooling yourself. And it's time to get busy. We've all been called into the end-time army to, to report to the front lines and do our part. And God has a different mission for each of us, I'm sure. We don't all have the same path. That's why there's not one place to go that's going to be the way of escape. The only, like, you know, geographically, that is. One time I thought we had to go to Petra. That's not God's plan. For some of the 144, I think they go. But our plan is to get out there and work while it's still light and we can still work. That's our plan. To save as many souls as we can, to pluck them out of the fire. And yes, I have friends that aren't saved. But who did Jesus go to? He went to did he go to those that needed a physician? Or those that were were all right? We've been sent to go out to the lost and bring them in. To witness to them. Let our lights shine. There's many people that don't agree with me on every point. So what? Am I going to throw them under the bus? Part company with them? Not if I see that they're salvageable and I see that they're trying and that I could be a witness to them and could bring them in to Jesus Christ. We've got to do our part, folks. We've got, to, we've got to sound the alarm. We've got to do our part to witness to folks that are dying and going to hell. 
Because one day they're going to look us in the eye as they're getting ready to get cast into hell. Why didn't you go the extra mile for me? Why didn't you look the other way even though I insulted you? And look beyond the demon that manifested in me to attack you and look at my, me as a person inside that was being tormented and held captive by the enemy. Why didn't you persevere and keep praying for me? Why were you so easily offended that you gave up on me? And it was you that the Lord sent to pray for me, and you fell down on your job. Now I'm going to hell. It might be just like that. We should never give up praying for people. I've heard stories that people had to pray for 20 years, and then the Lord answered the prayer and brought them in. God has a, a salvage plan. For many. Now, yes, maybe they didn't spend their whole life working for the Lord. Maybe they weren't one of the great generals of God. They get into heaven. He that's the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than anybody who's down here alive. May not get the same reward, but they made it into heaven. And can your spirit be sealed until the day of redemption? Yes. I've talked to demons, and I've had them look at the seal. And they have to admit to it. People were sealed. Demons weren't in the spirit, but they were in the person's body and, the, and their soul. You've got to drive them out, folks. We've got to crucify the flesh. We've got to repent. We've got to break generational curses. God means business. He will curse your family line down to ten generations for being born out of wedlock or for dabbling with witchcraft. Some of you are still under a curse from something your great-great-grandfather did. Your great-grandfather. You know, three and four generations. And they went, maybe they wouldn't see a fortune teller. They were doing water witching or they were, they were in, into magic. Maybe they were a mason. Maybe they were worshiping Mary in rosary beads, which is necromancy. We're not to pray to Mary. Praise God, she was a good enough woman to be chosen to be the mother of the Son of God, but we're not to worship and pray to her. She can't take our request to the Father. We're to, we're to pray to Jesus Christ. He's the one that can forgive us, not Mary, or praying to one of the saints. If I paid enough money, I could be a saint way back in the day. They, could, they would also allow you to molest children, and you could pay for a, um, there's a term for that, Basically, it was bribe money to the Pope. And uh, they let you get off scot-free. You'd be exonerated. <laughs> so if you need prayer tonight, that's what we're here for. If you need deliverance, you got a question or an answer, 917-889-2745, I'll take your calls. This is a live program. For those of you who are new to Mega Man Radio, we do a nightly program. Sometimes I do the bonus show on Sunday. And here, very soon, I'm going to be doubling up, and we're going to have a lot of new speakers coming on. We're still going to have our stable of ministers that we have on every week that many of you love. Everybody has a favorite. Praise God. Some love the they're very soft, humble preaching of John Franklin. Others like the the anointing James Mobley. 
Others love the very articulate voice of John Gogan. We're going to have Michael Thier on uh, Friday nights. Others love John Kyle. There's a favorite for everybody. But we're going to be doing um, double shows. Uh, of course, welcome to the lineup, Benjamin Brook. Every Saturday night, Searching the Scriptures with Benjamin. If you miss Saturday night's show, that's a great one. You want to listen to that. Also, Friday night, Michael Thierer was on the road, and Pastor Mike allowed me um, to play a Win Worley a program called Recognizing Demons out of the archives. I loved it. And uh, we're welcoming Pastor Michael Thierer to the Friday night slot. Praise God for Pastor Mike. I'm going to have Monty Mulkey on pretty soon. I met him at the Heglish Conference. Uh, he's out from WCCD.com, the West Coast uh, Church of Deliverance. Great man of God. We're going to have him on. Uh, Pastor Charlie Costello. I want to welcome him on board. Every Saturday night we had a, a great program. The last couple of shows we've done together. People say he's just like Winworley. He's got a pen shots for interrogating demons. I love Pastor Charlie. He's a good man of God, and I believe that's what we've been called to do. We've been called to take these demons by force as our prisoners, interrogate them, get the information we need, and cast them out in Jesus' name. It's what you would do if you are a Nam. Capture the enemy. It's what they did to us. They had our guys over in the Hanoi Hilton. Maybe some of you are from old Nam veterans. I'd like you to call in. I know one guy was actually um, a POW. They were carrying him off over in, over the border towards Cambodia. And uh, he was going across the suspension bridge and, you know, killed three Viet Cong that had raped him, incidentally. Very sad story. This guy was sodomized, traumatized. You can imagine that. But uh, he, he was one of the few to escape, got out of there, and they had already crossed his name off the board. He had made a mistake. He was a special forces soldier, and he knew better, but he lit up a cigarette and 10 meters away, what is that, about 30 feet? In the foliage were some Viet Cong, which had uh, bounties out on uh, special forces soldiers and you know American soldiers that they could capture. They got him all right, but he lived to tell the story. He loves the twenty-two pistol. He says, that's all I need. You got my twenty-two pistol, I can put a, a round right through your eye and then take your AK-47. <laughs> he's, a, he's a real heavy-duty, hardcore survivalist. Good brother, though. Well, where are we going? Um, we're going into some hard times. That's where we're going, folks. And we need to be doing the work of the Lord. We need to be prepared to help people. There's people dying out there. There's people being tormented at the edge of suicide because they've been told there's something wrong with them. They need to go get on psychotropic drugs. You don't fit in in our church. Don't come back. They're being told. There's people that are in witchcraft now trying to escape, and they think that there's no way out, that there's no help for them. We've been called, folks, to spread the light of Jesus Christ, the gospel, and to help people that the Lord puts in our way. That's, that's our calling. And if we don't do that, God have mercy on us, because we'll give an accounting. God keeps accurate books. He's a great accountant. We may not see all the things that, the fruit of everything that we've, we've done thus far, but God sees it, and, and he's put it on our credit. If we did our job, there's a payday coming. 
There's also a, a payday in hell if we don't do what we've been called to do and we're found partying when he returns. They were eating and drinking and giving a marriage knew not till the flood came and took them all away. Jesus warned about that, as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. So let's take some calls. Let's see calls lining up, and let's go to our first car. Area code 920, you're on the air. Hey, buddy. How are you tonight, my friend? Good, it's Randy. Hey, Randy. How are you, buddy? Uh, I got an email from Peggy. How's your job oh, going? Tired, man. I'm just I'm driving home now. <laughs> you says she doesn't see you anymore. You're working all the time. Well, praise God, man. You're looking for a job. Amen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the oil fields are wide open in Pennsylvania, brother. You know, uh, I just got some good news uh, today, in fact, that they're going to put me in a truck. So I'll be working probably about 100 hours a week. 100 hours a week? Good golly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's some overtime right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, plus a $2 raise. So uh, Peg and I are really going to be able to bless a lot of people. We're Brother, really God, excited. Man. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, I believe this was of God because he wanted me off of disability, you know, and uh, um, I'm actually able to. Uh, they, they, they call me the preacher man up on the mountain, you know, because uh, I, I, I don't hold nothing back. You know, there's a lot of drug addicts and uh, uh, a lot of guys that are uh, not saved up there, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I I, I really, uh, I get to talk about God, you know. Amen. Well, you know, God's putting you in a, uh, a place for some financial healing. He's getting you in a place he's going to put people in your in your tracks to witness to. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, man. That's right. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. You know, Praise uh, report. Yeah. I won't mention any names, uh, but there's a, a guy I met at work. Uh, um, he was a hardcore uh, cocaine addict. And uh, they're selling this stuff in the Unimart that's called a bath salt. And... Uh, People are trying to get high off of this stuff, and it's killing them from the inside out, Shannon. And it's legal. You know, you can buy it at any Unimart, you know, convenience store. And wow. uh, uh, I witnessed to this guy, you know, I said, listen, uh, you, you need to get off that crap. You know, uh, it's killing you, dude. I said, you don't even know what it's doing to your body. Oh, but I get high off from it and it's legal. You know, I said, you know, I said, get high off of Jesus. What is this, a drink that you can buy, like a 7-Eleven? No, 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 bath salts. You know, stuff that, uh, crystals that you put in your bath. Oh, you mean, you know, um, like people used to sniff soap. Yeah, well, it's like a bath salt. Uh, it, it's got, Good you know, it's, uh, uh, it bath comes salt, in a little yeah. bottle. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Okay, you, you're supposed to it, soften it, the water, right? Yeah, makes it smell pretty. Oh These man, guys they're putting it up their they're putting it up their freaking nose and smoking it. God have mercy! And it's and you're getting high off from it. 
like cocaine, you know. Oh or man. Meth. Oh yeah, man. It's, and and I could see the change in the guy in the two weeks that I've worked there, you know. And uh, uh, Friday, I said to him, I said, "Listen, man. I said if you don't get off of this stuff, it's going to kill you, and you're going to go to hell." Well, come to find out, he's he's agnostic. He doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in the devil, you know. And uh, uh, I I I bring my Bible to work with me, you know. And I said, "This is the book you need to be reading." Amen. You know, uh, I said, uh, "How can you not believe in a God?" You know. And, uh, uh, you can't get any higher than going to heaven. Well, you know, and he came into work. Uh, actually, it was Thursday. We, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd been talking to him ever since I met him. And, uh, Thursday, when he came into work, uh, we had a nice discussion about, you know, about what's been going on with this bath salt thing, you know, because I could see the toll it was taking on him, you know, losing weight. And, uh, uh, freaking out all the time, you know, not being able to stand still and, uh, God have mercy. Yeah. And Friday he came in and he said, Randy, I, I, I quit. I, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting cold Turkey, you know, uh, 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 you know, and I said, praise God, you know, cause I'm praying for you, buddy. You know, I said, uh, it's killing you. And uh, Friday was the first day he was sober, you know, off, off this stuff. He was snorting uh, and smoking like two vials of this stuff a day. And, Good uh, That's yeah, it, Friday, yeah, Friday was his first day sober on it, and he wound, winds up getting hurt at work. Oh, man. You know? Um, and they, and, and they, and, and the foreman had known that he was doing something, you know, so they immediately attacked him about it, you know, and, uh, I went to the foreman later on and I said, Hey, listen, I said, uh, you know, today's the first day, Nate, uh, uh, you know, this guy has been clean, you know? And I said, you shouldn't have jumped him like that, you know, cause now he's thinking, you know, who gives a crap, you know? So I went to Nate, or, you know, I went to the guy later on, you know, and I said, listen, buddy, don't let them, don't let them uh, discourage you, you know. I said, reach your hand out to God, and sure enough, man, you know, uh, um, we talked some more. I'm hoping he, he receives God as his Lord and Savior, you know. Amen. What's his uh, first name? Uh, Nate. Well, folks out there listening, lift up Nate. Uh, he needs to be delivered of this addiction, and he, you know, he's the devil's going to try to pull him back into it. So we need to pray for him yep. when you pray. Please, please do. He, he, he really, he's actually engaged to a, a, a Christian girl that is saved, and uh, um, she's been praying hard for him. You know, so if every if everybody out there can just say a little prayer for him every night, I'd appreciate it because uh, you know I I've been steady on it for two weeks. You know, um, 
praying for him and stuff, uh, Shannon. Well, Randy, we, we'll certainly do that, brother. And um, what a great well, report. God's really, yeah, God's You're, been really blessing us, so uh, we're hoping to bless a lot of others. You know, Praise the Lord. Uh, if someone's looking for a job, there are more jobs up there in Pennsylvania? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, you can give my cell phone number. You know it. So uh, it's it's the number I called in on. If they cool. need a job, uh, tell them to call me. Uh, Halliburton's up here. You know, follow the money. Uh, a lot of big companies up here drilling oil and gas. Well, praise the Lord. I, I believe there's still opportunity to make money, and we should. We, we need we need resources to do the work of the Lord. So that's right. Praise God for you, brother. And um, yep. that's a it's great good praise to talk report, to you, bro. Good to hear we, from you. Uh, man. Did you get yeah, my book that I, I mean, sent to you? Yes. Yeah. Finally. Okay. You sent it to my old address. Yes. And uh, it got forwarded to to our address. Okay. I good. Peg Rocha. I thought Peg wrote you and let and, and, and let you know that we got it. Okay, I want I want uh, glad to hear it didn't get lost. That's good. I think I what did yeah. I send you? H. J. Max White, the power of the blood. Yep, yep. Okay, good deal. That's a yeah. He's got a I'm lot of great. Peg books. read it first. Okay. I'm letting Peg read it first because I got another book I'm still on, uh, and then when she's done, I'm going to read it. Well, you know, I'm re- just reading myself. I uh, I've got a ways to go. I finished. Um, Book one and two will win Worley, Battling the Host of Hell, and then uh, the second one called Conquering. Now I'm on the third one, and, uh, you know, there's about eight more to go. <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, the, you know, folks, yeah, the, are, first one was, the, the first one was tremendous by Win Worley. I really loved that book. Oh, yeah, Battling the Host of Hell, Diary of an yeah. Exorcist. Um, great books available over at www.publications.com. And then H.A. Max White that you're reading uh, he has a bunch of great books on deliverance, and um, you can find a lot of those up on uh, WRW or some of them that may be out of print. I find them once in a while on eBay or Amazon. But okay. um, God bless you, brother. Good to hear from you tonight. You too. You too, and Stand God bless you, everybody out there. Yeah, I will, bro. Take care, brother. All right, take care. You too, bro. Bye.